Glug 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 glug. What's that sound? It's the sound of a new podcast. Or like a a Boncast. Oh, yeah. Bonicast. This is it's the curling pod. I don't know what to call it. The curling pod. Curling pod. We oh, curl. yeah, 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 of course, of course. Emily and I are the international pod. <laughs> and, uh, uh-huh. Do you know how I met Ethan, by the way? No, how? So, freshman year, like, this is the first few weeks of the year, and Noah's, you know, he's a friend of mine, and we're hanging out on the hall, and Noah is texting this girl on Tinder, and he's like, okay, can you guys keep responding? The person on Tinder, by the way, is Katya from The Pod, <laughs> who had an awkward, only until like junior or senior year could I actually like talk to her, because Noah made it very weird. But uh, <laughs> it was a very weird thing. But anyway, so Noah was like, can you, you know, keep my phone? You can have it just in case she responds. Type something good, send something back. I don't, you know, I need to take a shower, and he takes long showers, so... And we were little kids, so we were like, ooh, we should take a bunch of selfies on Noah's phone. That'll be fun. Why don't, and why don't we walk around Gummery and take some photos on Noah's phone? And we walked to like a couple of, like the laundry room in the basement, and we walked to the hall above ours. And we were like, hey, anyone take a, want to take selfies on this guy's phone? And this one person was like, ooh, ooh, yes, I do. <laughs> and, and that was, drop roll, please. Ethan Emmert. Woo! And Ethan said, oh, you guys live downstairs? Which one of you has the Back to the Future poster I can see through the window? And I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> and ever since. And then it was history. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other time we noticed, Ethan, is that a week later, Noah, we were at the DC, and then Noah sat down and goes, I just saw the most incredible thing. That kid, Ethan, the one who took photos on my phone, he just, I just saw him. He got two slices of pizza and chicken tenders and put the chicken tenders in between slices of pizza and put it in the panini press. <laughs> oh, man. I wish I had gotten more credit. I mean, on the one hand, it's a good thing that I left the D.C. when I did because mm-hmm. then it taught me how to make actual food in the apartments. <laughs> yeah. But I do wish I kind of had more time to, like, get totally dismayed with the D.C. and, like, by necessity for survival, just, like, get weird with it. That was, I mean, that was the first month and I got weird with it because I like had a lot of weird dietary requirements, which is part of the reason I like needed to go off the meal plan senior mm-hmm. year, but oh, so many weird combinations forced by necessity. That's an extremely bold thing for like a first month, first year to do. Ethan's an extremely bold first month, first year, I guess. And a young one at that. <laughs> this little 12 running around putting yeah. pizza in the panini press. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Crazy. Kraz. <laughs> Quasi, as I say now. All right, Cole, what are we here for today? What are we here? Well, I'm here for a foot massage. I'm about to start this bad boy. 30 minutes on medium. Apply the heat. Um, we're here to talk about a little fellow by the name of Good Winter or Bonnie Ver. Yeah. Name. I looked up the names of the other band members. Mm. Um, I had never heard of them before. The only one I know is Sean Carey. Um, yeah, I think he's the only one who's been around on all four albums. But I mean, like, Bonnie, well, 
it was the first one was really just Justin because it was you know just him in the cabin. Yeah, really, like for Emma is like the ultimate like mythical album origin. You know, that's like the like fantastical dream that like no one actually does, but he actually did. Yeah, just yeah, kind of cool how like I think. We, we will have a lot to say about our friend, but um, one cool thing I think is like, he could have kind of really sunk into this identity of like the guy who wrote that breakup album in a cabin in the woods and like made these super sad, like mm-hmm. late 2000s uh, sort of crunchy dude with a beard singer songwriter things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he, he got interesting with what he did. And, and I think that's cool. But also the first album was just so like different than the other, you know, crunchy breakup <laughs> things. And it's, and I think a lot of that comes from not, it not being, you know, so much of a romantic breakup album for like, for one, it's, you know, like for Emma, that's not even the name of the person he broke up with. So it has this interesting, like, it's taking those feelings, but not necessarily applying them like the events lyrically. Yeah, well, Justin uh, has never been one to be very direct with his lyrics anyway, but we'll get into that later. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. First off, how are you doing? First off, I'm doing okay. Yeah. Um, I've had a kind of uh, nothing week at work, yeah. and that kind of dictates how the rest of the things go. I guess, like, I've, I've been in pretty good spirits um, outside of work. I've just been, like, real heavy on, on Twitter and um that doesn't feel great all the time but no major complaints yeah um i just really want to find an apartment yeah and i want to find a job yep and kind of sucks to wait on those things yeah what about you hard now jobs are you know few and far between with the yeah, I mean, I just got an email from my work that was like, well, from my supervisor, and she's great, I love her, but, and she was like, yeah, like, the office will be like the last thing <laughs> to open up. Yeah. And so it might be a while before I'll be back working, but hopefully I'll get some money from the government. And then I'm thinking of moving back July or August early. There are some places I do really like that I am thinking about. I just need to figure out when I want to move back to Philly because I want to be here for a bit but I also don't want to be here too long that I get so bored or too short that I feel like I haven't like taken advantage of the space because mm-hmm. it's been good at times like I love to just go around get some reading done I'm nearly done with my book I have about 150 pages left so I'm excited about that um or like Monday I was so productive I didn't get much done but I like spent like a consistent amount of time just like working thinking about things writing and stuff which is good and then like since then I haven't done a lot and today it was just kind of like bit of writing but then I was like uh, and I started feeling sad so I ended up watching Happy Feet 2 and yeah. I never saw the sequel. Neither have I that's why I'm watching. Um, it kind of rocks you know it makes a uh, makes Happy Feet 1 look like uh, Bonnevere's previous work. <laughs> oh no. For Emma. No. Um, yeah it's, it kind of rocks. I don't know it's kind of weird. It's kind of about climate change, but also about facing God and oh, <laughs> like that's my interpretation. Yeah, it features a uh, that's it and Matt Damon as 
Will and Bill the Krill, and there it's like a whole like subplot that they're the <laughs> Krill, and Will suddenly gets really existential and is like, "What's happening? Like, I don't, I don't want to be part of the swarm anymore. I don't want to just be eaten by a whale." And then his domestic partner, who's voiced by Matt Damon, is like, "Okay, I'll just follow you along." It's pretty great. So it's a movie about individualism. Kind of, but also like, no, because it also refers to communities. You know, like midway through, there's, there's an evil iceberg, right? And it crashes and walls off the emperor penguin. They're trapped. And then luckily they manage to get the other penguins through. And the old penguin has a great line where he goes like, ah, that's what I call solidarity. As the Adelie penguins unite to help the emperor penguins. And this is after there's a scene with, where an elephant seal is like, I won't move because that's my nature. And then bad things happen when, oh, when people start to move from their nature. It's, I love to overanalyze this, but have you do, it's worthy of overanalysis. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not get any spoilers on the pod, though. No spoilers. Go watch it for yourself. It has some great musical numbers. A baby penguin raps in like the first three minutes of a film. Yeah, but I will say uh, to our listeners, if you haven't seen Happy Feet 1, you probably don't want to listen to this pod because Bon Iver is actually rife with references to Happy Feet 1. So we'll be talking a lot about those um, and spoilers will uh, ensue. Bon Iver's first breakup was actually in Happy Feet. Like, yeah. When he was watching the movie. With yeah. His partner at the time. Yeah. Um, so how, how, what are, what's our, uh, are we doing Rosebud Thorn? I guess we kind of sure check in. Let's, let's, so we did the broad, let's narrow it down to three. Rosebud Thorn, yeah. All right, narrow it down. Um, do you want to go? Or should... Yeah, I'll go. Um, Rose. Um, Rose, Rosie, Rose, Rosa Do. Um, I feel like my life hasn't changed much in the past three days, which is not unusual. It's just, I, I'm not immediately thinking of anything. Um, I will say that um, I've really enjoyed uh, adding to my morning routine. Um, like usually, I finish eating my breakfast before I finish drinking my cup of coffee. So I'll finish my breakfast session. Sorry, that's, that's me. Um, by walking to the window in the living room Ooh. and looking out onto the street at the people who are jogging and whatnot. Um, mm. So I've enjoyed that. And um, a bud, um, I've got a job interview next Monday. I kind of oh, want this job. Um, what's the job? It's a communications job with a, a nonprofit that gets a bunch of money from like Patagonia and like Tom's toothpaste, like it's kind of like eco-conscious. Wait, is this company. the one that made the meme that you sent? Yeah, out? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love their meme. It was a good meme. Yeah, um, I would love to make some for them. You'd be great at that. Yeah, I would need to learn how to like use the shitposting software. <laughs> it's Adobe Shitposter. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the Adobe suite. Yeah. Shit poster, and then there's Edge Lord, which is a supplement. <laughs> yeah, I hope they pay for my Edge Lord extension. Um, and my thorn, 
My thorn um, is that I am once again addicted to Twitter. Uh, and I thought I had kicked the habit from uh, my hiatus, but yeah. old habits die hard. Yeah. Good day to die hard, as they huh? say. You next. My, ooh. Well, my thorn is just being all the body problems today. I like slept horribly, then I've been constipated. Oh, it's just one after another. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> my woes, what is my woes? It's just been nice here on the beach and it's like 60 degrees and windy and I just like love walking around. Um, it's really nice to just like, yeah, be outside. I love to be outside. And just like moodily walk around. This is a great place to moodily walk. I, I brood, really. Mm-hmm. Brooding on the beach. Um, and my bud. Where's my bud? Um, you know? Looking forward to this pod. Looking forward to talking about Joanna Newsom. Looking forward to slideshows in the future. Just a lot of fun things. Oh, wait, no. My bud. Oh, I love the Magnetic Fields album and the Gray. That was great. And we, we talked, someone, I didn't get to respond. Someone's like, what new music coming out? And really, I'm so excited for the new Phoebe Bridgers. And I'm hesitantly excited for the new Bob Dylan. <laughs> yeah, same day. I noticed that. I know. I was like, holy shit, this is going to be insane. Like, I can't believe this. <laughs> like, Big cool thing. Like, this is like my Mount Rushmore, except not on indigenous land of musical icons for me. Like Bob Dylan and Phoebe Bridgers, or of my heart. Yeah. yeah. It's two of the four. It's true. Talk about another right now. Who would yeah. be on oh, the oh, Mount Rushmore if not a. Yeah, I would say that my, my fundamental four. Um, last Friday, I mean, it was a big Friday. I wouldn't say that Moses Sumney and Perfume Genius are on my, my top four, but definitely Charlie. Yeah. Um, I would put Bonavera up there with my four two. Yeah. Along with Big Thief and um would be the fourth. Um I would have to think on that. Yeah. I think mine would be Bon, Bob, Phoebe. Fourth is hard. Like I could put a bunch of people. Like my I'm inclined towards the talking heads or David Byrne, but there's a lot of things they can put up there. A lot of folks. Yeah. I'm sure there's, um, now, now I just need closure for this question, but um, I'm just going to go to my, like see who's, which artists I have a bunch of albums saved for. Yeah. For me, it's like, oh, this is the most like important personal music, I think. Yeah, me too. And, and mostly like someone whose discography I just keep going back to and don't really get tired of. Um, huh. What else would I put there? One of my favorite songs. I don't know what my favorite songs are. Um, hmm. Yeah. Well, the thing about Bonavere is that if you did this exercise with me in high school, Bonavere is the only artist who like maintains continuity, you know. Oh, suck around? Yeah. Interesting. Like, say in high, by, in high school, my big four 
like this, I'm talking junior and senior year when I was really into music. My big four were Vampire Weekend, um, Arcade Fire. Oh, okay, maybe you could, Sufjan a little bit, but also I was British, so into the Arctic Monkeys a bit. Um, I guess, yeah. I loved the Arctic Monkeys in high school. There were more, yeah, they were pretty big, but it was like alternative kids, but like also everyone, it was a weird, mm-hmm. but then people like pride themselves. Like I went to parties where people were like doing their nails like AM. <laughs> party, yeah. That's so funny. I don't know, for me, my fourth is probably either Pink Floyd or Vampire Weekend, I gotta say, or Tame Impala, but uh, their newest stuff disappoints me. Yeah, sure. Well, Pink Floyd is a lot of stuff. You know, I went to the Pink Floyd exhibit. There was an exhibit about Pink Floyd at the V&A in London. It was pretty cool because you had the, the earbuds, the like little radio device in, but it would, the audio would not, you didn't have to like press a button. Like a re- this wasn't a regular exhibit at a museum. You don't have to press in four, five, six, two to get the audio. No, it was like localized. Oh, that's you so cool. Over to like a cash register and it would like, play you the opening of money and be like, this is the cash register they used. They did these chords and it was like, went really into the music and also the art. And it's like, oh, these are replicas of the animals that they had in the animals cover. Oh my God, that's so yeah. cool. This is the wall. <laughs> They're rocked. Um, yeah, did you know that uh, David Gilmore, I think? Yeah, David Gilmore went to my school, my high school. I did not know that. Yeah, and then the others went to the school down the road for me. <laughs> England, small country. Yeah, well, Cambridge, small town. Yeah. And they have a song called Grantchester Meadows, which is like my backyard. So, hmm. yeah. Cool. Also where the sea, the show Grantchester is about. I've never seen that. All right, so let's talk about the, hmm. the places where our fundamental music overlaps. So I've, um, we, we've briefly talked about our favorite Bon Iver stuff, but I don't really know uh, what place Bon Iver has for you um, and what uh, what got you into their music. So let's hear a bit of origin story. So for me, um, Erica Nork <laughs> uh, from Andover, Massachusetts. What? Uh, yeah, who I met at Summer at Brown uh, got me to Bon Iver. <laughs> well. Summer at Brown, like junior, sophomore, one of those summers in high school, I went to Summer at Brown. <laughs> I took a class about beat poets. <laughs> it rocked. I didn't do any of the work for it. And like the guy was still hounding after me for my final paper. And I was like, dude, like, I don't go, I'm not at Summer at Brown anymore. I don't care about like any credit or anything. Because <laughs> I didn't know anything about college credit. Um, but yeah, this person like, we originally bonded over and surely got me into Bon Iver. And I had heard about Bon Iver before. I like had some songs and given them a listen a couple times, but I never really like sat down and listened. So like a few days, I don't know, like probably the day after she got them, I just listened to, like I bought it on iTunes <laughs> on my phone and just listened to Forema and I was blown away. It was... <laughs> It was incredible. And then like the next year, the last year or two of high school, I was just so into Bon Iver, both Forever, Forever Go and Bon Iver, Bon Iver. And I, I would get really like obsessed, you know, I'd like look into like, what else has he done? So I got really into Diarmid Edison's album. I bought that too, their second album, which is the one I've listened to the most. Have you listened to Diarmid Edison? No, who's that by? 
that's um so that's when i talk about the forever emma is a breakup album it's a double breakup album because it is also about the breakup of d armand edison which was the band he had with a bunch of friends from I think college. Oh. And they moved to North Carolina. I talked about them on actually the previous pod because they have a first record that's so rare. I found someone on Reddit posting like a link once, a zip file. And that's like, I looked for it for about a year and then I finally found it. Um, and it's incredible. Like the song's a little too long. And then there's one that's just the most beautiful song called The Lake. Um, so, and then they have a third album that's only available on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a MySpace account <laughs> to listen to it once. Um, so I got related to Raymond Edison. And then I just listened to Bon Iver a lot. And then I remember sophomore year. Um, it was the summer before sophomore year. I, <laughs> it's, it, it's all related to this house. Um, house you're in? Yeah, so I was on the train. I had just flown in from London to Boston. I was on the train. I managed to get on the Wi-Fi and said Bonifair released a new song. So I listened to it. and It was great. And that was like the period of time where my grandpa was dying. And then the first like the months of college after that were just awful. Um, and I remember that album came out September 30th, 2016. <laughs> Like I, that date was ingrained in my head and I just listened to it constantly. And that was like when I really got like really depressed and then also started like seeking help. Um, and I had, this is like really emo, but like I had written on a post-it a lyric from 22 a million above my bed to like keep me from getting like too depressed and like suicidal. It was like, it was a big deal for me. Which one? <laughs> it was, Which it might be over soon. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, it's just, like, whenever I'm having a really bad time, just, like, might be over soon. Um, and then, of course, the last album came out when I was also on my way to this house um, where some, like, awful stuff had happened in Philly, and I was just, like, needed to, like, stop being friends with people because they were horrible to me, so I, like, came off, and it was just a really tough time, and then that album came out, <laughs> and I came out, and that Kind of got me through it. So whenever I have a horrible time, Bon Iver will come out with a new album. Yeah. Did that apply to the self-titled as well? Well, no, because I don't remember it coming out. <laughs> when I got into Bon Iver, it was already out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So did you get into that one part and parcel with For Emma? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd actually heard Bon Iver, Bon Iver first. Like I'd listened to a couple songs. I knew Holocene, mm -hmm. but I didn't know For Emma before that. So what about you? Um, so I first like heard, like really listened to Bon Iver on spring break in my freshman year of college because um, TJ and Lucas were really into Bon Iver. Mm -hmm. um, so they, we, we, we do this thing at the end of every spring break called um, affirmations where everybody like has a piece of paper taped to your back and like we all write like nice things to each other and stuff. Um, and it's like the end of spring break and the seniors are leaving. So it's very emotional. And they just played like songs from Forema to make everyone cry. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, oh, this is really sad. We should do this again. So like I continued that tradition and like made sure we played Bonavera at every affirmation on spring break. Um, 
But I, I didn't really know anything about, I just thought Bon Iver is like this guy who made sad music. Um, but then I came back from study abroad to live with TJ and Lucas and they, I walked into their room like the first day of the spring semester and they had printed out all over their wall, like printer paper with like different symbols from mm -hmm. the 22 a million album cover. Yeah. Cause they had just mm -hmm. gotten obsessed with this shit. I mean, they had like gotten into the lore um, they had like, I, I, I think they might have even like come up with like tattoo designs based on the symbols or something. Mm -hmm. It was like intense. Um, they were really into that shit. And I was like, I try, they, they must've played at the apartment and I was like, this is too weird for me. Like I still during junior year of college was like not listening to very cool music and was not willing to explore. Um, but then, um, I went hiking last summer with TJ. Hmm? Oh no, I just said, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I went hiking last summer with TJ and um, a couple other former donkeys and um, Bonavere had just released Faith and Gelmore. Yeah. And um, while we were hiking, TJ just kept playing Faith over and over and over again to the point where like we all knew the lyrics and it was like our acid trip anthem in Norway. Wow. Um, and it was a really gorgeous way to like get into Bon Iver, like by force. And I was like, okay, like, I guess I'm going to have to listen now to the new album when it comes out. And then I did, and it, it came out on the morning of when my LVC orientation started. I was in wow. Chicago. So I was, uh, sitting, eating breakfast at my aunt's apartment, listening to the new album. Um, and then on the train all the way from the North part of the city to the South part of the city. Um, I listened to like the whole thing and I was like, this is uh, absolutely gorgeous. And I just like, kept listening all fall. Eventually I got into 22 a million mm -hmm. more so like in January of this year. And then on my LVC retreats, I made it a point to like really get into the entire discography. So I listened to every wow. one of their song and release uh, walking through the woods every morning. Yeah. And um haven't looked back. I've, I've been really intensely listening to Bon Iver since uh, March. And now I know like all of the side projects and everything. Um, I'm hooked. Yeah, you're hooked. He's like an incredible artist. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Should we, um, you wanna do a deep dive? Go through the albums, talk about what we like? Let's do a deep dive. Yeah, so, you know, I, I mentioned Yarmond Edison. I, I think you should listen to their self-titled album is on um, Spotify, it's called, no, sorry, the self-titled title is the one that I found a zip file, but I could probably send it to you if you want, um, but it's called Silent Signs, and it's really cute. I really like it. There are a lot of songs I love. Um, you know, they pint, they had the lowercase titles before it was cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just a really good album. <laughs> it's definitely less like twee and more like hearty man singing than later Bonavera albums. Um, yeah. But yeah, but also, so they, I think Diarmid Edison split off into Justin. One guy started a band called Field Report that I really liked. And the others started a band called Megaphone that I've listened to and never really got into. So those are like, that's the deep lore. <laughs> right, so we're starting there. Yeah, that's the, the, the common language, if you will, the proto-Bonnevere kind of 
to send it. Um, but anyway, so he locks himself in, not locks himself, but he goes to a cabin in Wisconsin and just like lives through the winter alone. <laughs> it's like the ultimate myth, really. It's um, that sounds terrible. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I kind of like it. I, <laughs> I'm kind of down I'm with you know. More afraid of being alone than you. Hmm? I think I'm much more afraid yeah. of being alone. Well, for me, a lot of my anxieties come from interpersonal conflicts mm-hmm. and living with people, especially if they like are not respectful of certain things or like do certain things can be really aggravating to me. And I just love having the space where I don't, like I'm someone who always when I'm around other people feels like I have to perform or, you know, I, I'm always like, it takes a lot of energy. And so being alone, I don't have that. So I feel like I can, I feel better because I'm not using all my energy trying to like be a charming person in front of other people. So You're I, such a wet man. I'm a wet man. Yeah. I'm an introverted wet man. Um, yeah. So for Emma, forever ago, what do you think of this album? Yeah, this album was like, I think the one that I really like, the one that resonated most with me in the woods and I was going through the discography because it's a woods album. It's a woodsy uh, sound. Yeah, well, it's woods, but it's a woodsy album. That's true. Although, yeah, that that song I also got really, really, really into during that week, obviously. Um, Yeah, it's got that sort of metallic twangy guitar on a lot of the songs. it's yeah. kind of a sunny feel to it. Um, I think. Oh, there you go. I, my favorite songs at first were "Lump Sum" and "Creature Fear," which are still two of my favorites on the album. But I think it's undisputable that "Restacks" is the best on this one. No, I totally agree. I think "Stacks" is. I I could easily see it as one of my favorite songs of all time. Like I've, that one is like. <laughs> It crystallizes this feeling. It's a perfect cap to the album. It's just such a beautiful song. It's one I can like, one of the three on this album that I can somewhat play on guitar and it's the one I like practice most. It's, ugh, it's gorgeous. This album feels kind of wintry to me, but in like a fall wintry way. Like, yeah, I'm in the woods. Yeah, it definitely feels like kind of crisp air. Mm-hmm. Um, still sun shining through, but like it's not a direct sun. It's like through kind of at an angle. That's, that's how it makes me feel. Yeah. And I think what distinguishes it from the, the rest of the pack is his vocals, which are so alien. That's really like how, that's what I can describe as opposed to the current landscape. It just sounds so different. And it's not just the use of falsetto, but there's something in his falsetto that's really fascinating, fascinating. You know? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even call Justin Vernon like a great singer. But he does use his voice in a really interesting way that I think, um, I don't know, he just seems to have found like the right musical styles to suit his vocal talents. Yeah. Like for me, that's what great singer is. Cause like a lot of people, you know, have like that's good true. singing ability and are technically good singing. And like most of them will never be famous or like sell a lot of records or even like try to go into that. Like I think how you use your voice is what's so interesting and like finding a way to use that. And yeah, he does do that. You're right. He does that so well. And yeah, he couldn't be like an opera singer or a music, you know, he, but oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's like what, um, did you listen to that switched on pop 
ep- a podcast episode about the Fiona Apple album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they were kind of saying the same thing about how she uses her voice. Yeah, there's interesting things in that. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's what Bonavere does all the time, but same sort of quality, like not the greatest singing, but like really good vocal. Yeah. Weirdly, so when comparing him to Sufjan, I know for some people, Sufjan has this rap where he does this incredibly emotionally vulnerable voice right, where he, you know, does this crackly falsetto. And a lot of people I've heard, myself, like, sometimes I, like, struggle with this, is that a lot of the stuff he's saying, you know, it's like he's telling stories, totally made up. But mm-hmm. with his falsetto, like, you think that you're like, oh, this man is opening up, when really he's telling a story. And there's this point where I don't know how sincere Sufyan is. Mm-hmm. And for me, that problem doesn't arise with Bonifair. And part of that is that it doesn't feel like he's directly like regurgitating a trauma or something onto you, but just working through feelings and scattershots of emotion. Yeah, I think he really works through feelings and what he's trying to convey, like through sounds in every... And I think like when he ran out of sounds, he just like invented more on the, yeah. on the later albums. Because like he that that comes down even to his lyrics like his lyrics sometimes seem just like total gibberish and i think that's because like he just likes how certain words sound coming out of his mouth and like consonants and how they form meter and like interact with percussion i think all of those things are like really beautifully done on all of his work that's one of the things i like most about bonavere is like i'm someone who also loves play with language and like especially with like a speech impediment it's like so freeing to have like words just be sounds and not worry about them be coherent mm-hmm. and playing with that and there's some stuff in ii that i'll talk about later that i love mm-hmm. um, but i think one of the things that's so accessible about this album is that the lyrics can have a lot of meanings because there are lots of mishearings and those mishearings don't negate the power of the song right you can think the lyrics are this is I've thought many lyrics are this and I've read a lot of meaning into that and taken a lot and those are not according to you know the album notes what he's supposedly singing but it doesn't make it any less true in some way yeah and you go online and like look up the lyrics to some of the songs and you can find like three different versions of the lyrics because no one really knows and even on the lyric he's he is the only artist he like I've seen no other artist post as many lyric videos on YouTube which I think is like he is the perfect artist for the lyric video format because mm. it's like music videos like they're they're good they're cool but like lyric videos I think are mm. he's like really figured out how to make them interesting and cool if the if the listeners at home haven't watched Bonavera lyric videos I would start with Naim off the new album that one's really cool um, but no you got my my point is that. Um, even on the lyric videos, some of the lyrics are like intentionally mm-hmm. wrong or like mistyped or like there's typos and it's like weird and hard to read. And I think that's like mm-hmm. fun and cool. I think a lot of his songs don't lend themselves to music videos, which often favor either a narrative or like mm-hmm. imagery when his are more, you know, a feeling. 
and they did some music videos for Bonavere Bonavere, and they're all just kind of like, wow, look at this beautiful winter Great Lakes scenery kind of stuff mm-hmm. that are like, I guess they're nice and maybe they promote the album, but they're, they're not doing a lot to enhance your enjoyment of the song. Yeah, like there was a music video for Naeem too, and it was interesting and cool and, and made me think of the song in a different way, but I still think the lyric video is much cooler. There's a lot of good dance stuff. But anyway, that's, that's several albums ahead. Yeah, um, right. So that's For Emma Forever Go. It's, it's such a good record, you know? It's one that's very concise, I can just listen to, mm-hmm. and the songs kind of both blend in and distinguish <laughs> from each other so well. Like, I can tell from, like, a few seconds what song it is, but also, like, when I'm not paying attention, they all flow together really mm-hmm. well. Yeah, especially, like, the moment when Creature Fear moves into team. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. That's <laughs> great. That's um, great. What do we think of this album art as well? Yeah, um, looks like Frozen Frost on a window pane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it was like a lakeside scene, but I don't really know what it is. Yeah, I think you're, yeah. I always thought it was more like an impressionist style, but it, but either way, it's this like, there's landscape, but it's fuzzy outside. Yeah, I don't know if it's a photo or a painting, but um, mm-hmm. definitely meets the, meets, it, it, it does its task. Yeah, it does. Oh, it's a foggy stuff. Okay, should we move on? Yes, the self-titled from 2011. It's too far. What do you think of Blood Bank? <laughs> oh, you're right. I forgot about yeah, Excuse me. Um, Blood that? Bank is a very simple and beautiful album until Woods, which turns into a transcendental yeah. and earth-shattering song. That's one of my favorite Bon Iver songs. I really love um, <laughs> Lost in the Woods, the Kanye track. Oh, does he sample this? Oh, wow. You're in for a treat. Oh, I got into yeah. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy has, was where he, like, listened to... He, he got really into Bon Iver, and, like, the last two tracks are, like, this, but, like, with Kanye rapping over, and they rock. That album, I think, is great. Ethan probably hasn't listened to it, but there's some great Bon Iver sampling there, which is really... It works. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah, when I learned that Kanye did so much collaboration around 2010 with um, Bonavera. I thought that was a really interesting thing to learn. Also, I just learned that um, DJ Burton, who does a lot of production for Charlie XCX, um, yeah. especially on her new album, is uh, has a long history of working with Bonavera. Yeah, really? Huh. I'm also curious. I know that Ethan likes Forema, um, but I don't know if Ethan likes the 22 a million side of Bonavera. Hmm. Have you heard? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't, I have never heard Emily, I, I probably heard Emily talk about Bon Iver, but I don't know the details of their opinions. Um, the Blood Bank cover I also love, but I, I think it's just really cute where it's like, this is a transitional step towards moving out from just one guy, <laughs> you know, in a, with yeah. a car to more interesting things. The live versions are really great too. Yeah, um, I love that. Um, especially the Woods. Uh, have you seen the video of that performing at Pitchfork Paris? Uh, oh, rocks. So cool. Okay. But Bon Iver, Bon Iver with this beautiful watercolor painting. Yeah. I think um, in terms of cover art, well, I don't know. They're all so good. This one I think is the least interesting. Is what I'll say. 
Yeah, I'll it. say the same about the music too. This is my least favorite Bon Iver album. I think so too. I have trouble ranking it, but I think this is ours. My least favorite. Um, mm-hmm. My favorites are so like, I think Perth is so good. Yeah, Perth is stunning. I love to turn the volume as loud as it can possibly go. Mm-hmm. All that, like, my best, my over-ear headphones, volume all the way up and just blast Perth. And I'll like walk around, be like, huh, and like stomping my feet. It's such a good stomper. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Perth. I, um, yeah, agree. Yeah. And, I think Holocene, yeah. maybe the best known Bon Iver song besides uh skinny love and it's weird that skinny love is that popular because it's good but it's like not significantly better than the rest of the songs on that album yeah i think skinny love is a much better song than holocene i think holocene is just kind of boring i think it's nice it's not my favorite that's nice (laughs) what's i i think what are your thoughts on michigant i like it i like michigant i think that one's my favorite on the album i think that's such a good song my favorite, I think, is Bethrest. I love Bethrest. Okay, see, I was just listening to Bethrest today, and I never really liked that song when I first listened to it. I think it, was, it did not have a woodsy feel at all. It was like 80s synth and like 80s drums, and it just and felt like really that was to me. It feels so interesting to me. This was one of my sleep songs where before I was on like sleep medication, I would often play a song to like put me mentally at some form of rest before I could try to go to sleep. And this was one of the big ones that I would put on. And I'd like, it like takes me on a journey that I end up feeling satisfied. There are a couple other songs that do this. This is definitely one of the like top three or four that are great for that. But it's, um, yeah, I, I love Bathurst. Like it's so interesting. And with the, um, Right, so this album is like loosely place inspired that all the all the titles of the tracks are based on a place, except some of them don't like don't exist or like not quite places, you know, like some of them are towns. Holocene is I think a bar. Uh and then Beth Rest. Kinda cool. Yeah. Uh I never really thought about why Beth Rest is titled that. I that this song totally grew on me today though. And yeah. that um yeah very very cool feel to it i also used to love calgary i think that one's a really cool one. Oh, calgary is my second least favorite <laughs> really who some interesting uh oh calgary is one i you know a lot of these albums are uh, sorry songs on this album are just like huh like this is nice but i think calgary and beth rest are when i really like Ooh, i get into it you know I, i'm like yeah I love this. Yeah, I think on this album, I'm just looking for things that sound nice. Well, it sounds nice to me. I like the sound. Also, yeah. Beth is cool because it's about death, kind of. <laughs> yeah, who knows what these songs are about sometimes, but... Well, Beth to right. me is about death. Yeah. And a lot of them, a lot of these songs are about endings in some way or another. Life or something. I don't know. It's an interesting step. Like, this is really, as he said, like, this is the winter album. Um, and like, there is? Yeah. So oh, I thought this was the spring album. Because wasn't I I the summer? I think. No, I. I I was definitely autumn. I thought. Forama was that okay? Bonavera seasons album. I, I, let's see. 
on. Oh boy, that's not, oh God. Oh dear, oh dear, sorry. I thought it was just like, it followed chronologically the seasons in, in um, coordination with when they were released. Like, yeah. For Emma, winter, Bonavere spring. Yes, but I think for Emma was fall. Oh. I think. Um, right? Yeah, oh no, you're right. Winter is for Emma. This one is fall. Uh, I is fall. Okay, so it's spring. Huh, okay. Yeah, you're right. So I kind of feel that here. This one's kind of like melting, a melting feel. Yeah. yeah. There's still snow on the ground. Really, the death at the end is what, like, ooh, ooh. Because Perch is like, get up. Uh, Perth, sorry. It's like, ooh. Yeah. We'll try. Tower is like, kind of like, a lot of these songs are just like, this is nice, but it doesn't hit me in that Bonavera way that it, like, speaks to deep within my core. It's just a nice song. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, if this were another album by another artist, I'd be like, this album's amazing. But it doesn't have that special Bon Iver thing in all its songs. So. Yeah. Okay, so we're halfway through the discography. I think I need more wine. Hmm? I think I need more wine. Yeah, get some more wine. Okay, should I pause or do you want to take a commercial break? An ad break. Okay. Hey, you there. Yes, I'm talking to you. Your cat. No, not the human, your cat. Have you ever found yourself losing your marbles? Just, you know, you put down a couple marbles and you don't know where they are? Now we have replacement marbles. Just dial 0800 marbles to get more marbles or go to marbles.co.gr, that's Germany, and get some more marbles. Sometimes I find my marbles are rolling around the floor they shouldn't be there. They should be in my eyes. Because that's how I see into the fifth dimension. The sixth dimension, when I place the wrong kind of marbles in my eyes, is a horrifying place filled with beasts, demons, slug creatures, another nasty fare that you really wouldn't want any, you know, you, you don't want to see unless you're maybe on a special trip or something. But anyway, our marbles at marbles.co.oc um, they do not bring you to the sixth dimension unless you order special sixth dimension marbles, which are about 20% more expensive. These will take you back to the fifth dimension, which allows you to see not just space, time, you know, the usual things, width, depth. It allows you to see glurg, which is the fifth dimension. Now, it's impossible to describe what Glurg is. Imagine trying to describe time to someone who doesn't experience it. With Glurg, you just, you are, you know, you are. It's like, imagine your toe is being, is like on a 3D TV, right? So you have those 3D glasses in and your toe is coming towards you, but part of the toe is going inwards. But the outer part of the toe is going to all like all the sides around you. That's the best way I can describe the fifth dimension. Um, so to experience the fifth dimension, buy some marbles. Oh man, perfect timing, and we're back. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Hey, how's it going? Uh, I don't know what happens. I, my eyes, I blacked out, and uh, a demon took over an ad read. Woo. Well. Um... Jump forward five years. Yeah, well, he did the Volcano Choir and some other things in between then. Definitely. Um, 
Which second I, Volcano Choir. We don't have to belabor the point, but it's a good album. Yeah, the second one rocks. It's it's nice. First one, mm, some interesting stuff, but I never. There, really there, are, there are a few good songs on there. Yeah, I don't really go back to it, and so I do the first. Wait, have you heard his Jason Feathers stuff? No. Oh, okay. After this pod, look up Jason Feathers. Jason Feathers. It sounds. It's okay. like some weird sort of like auto-tune hip-hop stuff he did with a couple other people. Mm. It's weird. I love it. That sounds fun. Okay, so here we are in 2016. Yeah. Do you ever listen to Francis and the Lights? I don't think so. He had this good song called Friends, We Could Be Friends, which was with um, Bon Iver and Kanye, <laughs> the gang. Yeah. It's, it's a fun music video that for some reason I used to watch a lot with Noah and Ben Horwitz. And we used to like drive to Whole Foods singing this song a lot. Noah wasn't allowed to be in the front. <laughs> in the front. And we would drive to Whole Foods and get creamed corn. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Um, Francis and the Lights. You search Francis and the Lights first thing oh, that video. He's generally not that good, but he has some things that are pretty good. Wait, did you say creamed corn? <laughs> no, I went to Whole Foods once. It was like the rainiest day ever. You know how there's like a Whole Foods bar, and, you know, they have like food, like a buffet. Yeah. And you fill up a box. And we would like do that for, you know, because DC dinner was underwhelming. This was the semester Jesse Lamworth was abroad, so Ben Horitz was like looking for someone to take to Whole Foods. <laughs> so he'd like ring up me and Noah. Um, and once there was creamed corn and no one ever like, <laughs> creamed corn, creamed corn, what did we get? Creamed corn, <laughs> creamed corn, like that. And then we went back, he dropped us off at the parking lot in Lloyd, but we lived in like Montgomery, which was so far away. And it was raining so much. We went to our friend Diana's room and we just sat on the floor in her room going, <laughs> creamed corn, <laughs> creamed corn. That's and so funny. Stupid. <laughs> and it was... Honestly, the Whole Foods cream corn, delicious. The only cream corn I've had since then has been DC cream corn, which was disgusting. Um, And also in Twin Peaks, where it's like a metaphor of harm, like what, like pain and suffering. Creamed corn is the represents pain and suffering. I did not know that. Anyway, cream corn. So let's cream this corn right into 22 a million, shall we? Yeah. Don't go to the Greek islands on the off season, he said. That's really like the, the line he says that like sums up the album. Like, yeah, because he like wasn't doing Bon Iver for a while. And then I think he was inspired by a really depressing time where he went to the Greek islands in the off season and was like alone at a resort on an island. And wow. it was really yeah, I, was, I was wondering like, I knew he like kind of had this interest in like going this direction with his music yeah, and like doing some weird production stuff. But I, yeah, I would be interested to like read interviews from this time of like, yeah, how he describes this work. Cause it really, it's really fucking weird. Yeah. I, for me, this is my favorite album because it has such a clear art from like this point of isolation and, um, fuck, what's the word? Where you, like, are convinced you're the only one who exists? Solipsism. It starts off with this, like, solipsism, and that slowly, like, grows towards this, like, acceptance of other people, and, like, 
reaching out to people to me that's the like journey this album takes which is why i love it so much which is fully like capitalized on in ii which is the reaching out to other people album but this is very much the like isolated like emotionally it's back in forever forever ago except he's reaching out to all these collaborators like bruce hornsby like he's doing some incredible stuff oh yeah (laughs) what do you think about this album i love it um i waver between uh this one and ii in terms of favorite um i think this one has the like upper echelon of his songs like i think 22 over soon is his best song um 33 god like moves me so much yeah um creeks is obviously fantastic um but then there are a couple songs that just like don't do much for me on this album like 10 death breast is like okay 21 moon water is like i wish it wasn't on the album really i love the sax horns i guess yeah it's like a cool interlude but it's just too long and like for me it's like a necessary interlude between I love six and eight. Like, I think they're wonderful big tracks that I think it's, you got to have a breather. And I think some of the, some albums fail by not having breathers or by having them that suck. Like I keep thinking about Two Hands, the Big Thief album, which is like, I think it has some great songs, but it's horribly sequenced. And like, for example, the song that comes off after, um, what's the first song that's good on that album? There are two great songs that I right. and like the songs that come after the songs. Is you know, yeah, I don't know. The song comes after that's just so boring and like, oh. And this, I think, is an example of an incredibly well sequenced album where everything leads and balances out everything so fluidly that you get the big like six, and then you have this beautiful like horn part, which. The thing I love is this is where he starts experimenting with the voice and like the vocoder and speed. And like you play that horn in and suddenly it diverges into three different horns and then it slows down, but it's not the player slowing down. It's being like digitally slowed down or sped up. I think that stuff is so like interesting. I'd love to listen to it. Yeah, I think... um... The, the last three songs on the album get a little, like, they, they sort of, I, I think, like, there's a lot of parallels between, like, the way the self-titled ends and the way this album ends. And I wish there was one, I wish there was another song that closed the album that sort of opens the album the way 22 over soon did. Like, so minimalist and, like, um... I don't know, there's like so much negative space in that song and I kind of wish that's how this album went out. I, it sort of just fades out. Yeah. It's interesting because I kind of love, one of the things I love about this album so much is how the arc is almost cinematic and you have this like starting off from this point, get building up, stuff happens. And for me, eight is like the climax and it's like it's big stuff, but also it like ends with like this grappling with the soul basically. And then the last two songs are this slow kind of building that back up until Million is like this place of peace. For me, it's like such a perfect closer that like 
ends this whole journey with like finally like reaching a place where you're like mentally okay yeah i think it's a lyrically it's a really good close mm-hmm. i wish that sonically there was like another song after it or something i cannot be further from that opinion i think it's the perfect closer that's so interesting that you think that yeah i mean like part of the thing that Bonavere's music like the same way that you can hear different things in the lyrics there's like so many um I mean talking about signification like there's so many things you can hear in the songs and like I don't I think like very few of the songs have a specific mood that the listener is like supposed to feel yeah yeah i just love that last part which the lyric i think is perfect you know which also is one you can read many ways or hear many ways you know if it's harm me harm me i'll let it in that with the kind of closing little jingles is so beautiful to me i love and i feel like satisfied at the end when i'm just like i'm at peace it strikes me that we haven't played any of the music for our listeners. Well, that's because sounds pretty bad through uh, <laughs> Zoom, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think I found a place to like point my phone though in a way that makes it sound not terrible. If I play on the computer, what will happen? Uh, it doesn't sound very good. No, that, that's... Yeah, if you want to play on your phone. Yeah, so let's let's listen to like the last 15 seconds yeah. of Million. disappeared it disappeared oh okay so we got that if it harms me yeah to me that's like the perfect ending it's this slow kind of like decrescendo yeah you wanted to listen to music i could give you a a little uh hey That's such a good song. Yeah, I love it. I don't on piano, but it's not, not doesn't translate very well. You definitely learned some of the other, the non-Ferema ones on piano. Um, yeah, I've, I started learning 33 God. That one's pretty easy. Yeah, that's a good piano. But then once it gets like, after the first like part of the song, it gets a lot. Yeah, yeah. You can just mess around and be like, beep, boop, boop. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love Surf 8th Circle. Oh, yeah. This one is so, it's so fun to me. And for me, like, the numbers are just like, it's fun. <laughs> like, yeah, I've never really taken time to like read anything into them. I just think like, looks cool. Yeah, well, that's what I love about them is that you can't spend hours obsessing over like numbers and symbols, or you can just be like, this is fun. Like, I'm enjoying the disruption of the regular like listening to music experience that makes you think about like what tracks are and like what words are and for someone so interested in like words this is very interesting and i think there's a lot to do with the symbolism on this album sorry symbolism is the wrong word so i don't mean like there are symbols 
but that the obsession with symbols themselves I think is so interesting with the design because very much it's like a it's something to be obsessed of rather than like there's no secret meaning here rather the meaning is the obsession with symbols that makes sense I think symbols are fun I think they're cute um yeah and there's a lot of like interesting stuff oh and the sound is really just beautiful because he's he he came on the scene with this voice that was different than like the regular you know singer songwriter thing. He he was doing this weird falsetto stuff for like a kind of burly bearded Wisconsin man, and here is this kind of losing your own voice and dealing with that and making it just another instrument, not just another instrument, but another instrument, like using it with vocoder, playing with it, changing the tempo, changing the pitch or splitting it into several pitches is making the voice like another instrument, which is a lot about, you know, it's a lot about signification because I, you know, the word, it doesn't just like there with a sung lyric, there is no one-to-one reference between like word right it doesn't just a lyric isn't just a word which never has one meaning but like even more so when it's sung because the way it's sung the context is so important and like determines what you take that meaning to be and using the voice as another instrument adds that even more because it takes away the fact that the voice is like separate or above everything else and makes it just part of this soundscape yeah this is a big soundscape album for sure yeah my this this album also has some of my favorite lyrics or the ones that i've like that i've stuck in my head more so than any other songs like on uh stratford apartments the sort of chorus, I guess, where he's like, a womb, an empty robe enough, you're rolling up, you're holding it, your fabric now. Yeah, that one's really good. That's just like such a good example of, yeah. I don't know, like that you, that, that means something. I think, I think I can like, yeah. figure, I've read enough poetry to figure out what he means by that. I couldn't like explain it, but I get it. Mm-hmm. And, but it's just like, the shapes of the words just like spill into each other so well it's so pretty yeah for me 22 is like a big one with the sounds uh, the the word the lyrics i think about a lot it might be over soon um but also the i love well eight but also like the last verses of million where you know it's about like i heard about shame and i worry about a worn path i wander off to come back home so the the days have no numbers Ugh, this is that's wild for this album and then how it just ends with you know i i'm never sure if it's it's harmed me it, you know if it if it's harmed if it harms me it's harmed me it'll harm me i let it in or it could be it harms me it, you know it's so interesting to me i read it as like you know if it's harmed me it's harmed me it'll har- it's this acceptance of like depression and pain but like just be open to your emotions like it's happened to you before It'll happen to you again. You got to live with it, buddy. <laughs> hey, guy. Hey, you got to do it. Yeah. Philosophize your figure. Anyway, so that's a great album. 
Great album. Should we talk about another great album? Another great album. This is I hope a- our listeners are enjoying this. Yeah. And well, we're not really cracking jokes. Sorry. If you wanted something funny, we should have done the Muppet show in this time span between when we did Ethan and I's podcast where we talked about the Muppets and this podcast, they have announced a new Muppet show. Crazy. Wow. And, and the thing we forgot to mention was that there was a failed Disney Plus show that they tried to do, but like it never made it to air with Josh Gad as the lead. Oh my gosh. So we could have had a great Gab in the Gad about Gad on the Muppets. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I, I really don't know who Josh Gad is, so I would not be able to make jokes about that, but you, you didn't, you didn't love our Gab in the Gad. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I didn't know any of what it meant. Well, the Gab Gads, no. Um, Similar to a Bonavere song. I just enjoyed hearing the sounds. <laughs> That's when Ethan and I do a podcast. At some point, it just becomes sounds, and you'll occasionally hear, like, Watto or something. <laughs> yeah, and, like, I just, I, I know when I'm supposed to laugh, and it's funny. Exactly. I was listening back to some of that pod, and there's this incredible moment where we're, we're talking about 1610, and there's a pause, and Ethan just goes, Cole! And I'm like, huh? And he's like, I just love the joke. <laughs> but he does this introduction, like he's introducing me. It's very like odd. I don't know why he did it like that, but it's very funny. <laughs> listening to old pods. What a time. Yeah, I think some at some point I'm going to listen to like some of the really old pods. Mm. Yeah. Did, I, did you ever listen to Driver Pod? Did I ever share that? I don't think so. That was the time when I was at work and trying to make Star Wars voices. And so I had to test it out and I like got a snippet. I found, I found when you had emailed me the first pod you and Ethan did and I changed the first three minutes to sound like Adam Driver. So it's you and Ethan talking, but you both sound like Adam Driver. Oh my God, I really don't think I heard that. It's very weird. I can send it to you if you want. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. It's very strange. All right, so fast forward to August 2019. Woo woo. It's, it's time. It's the big old summertime, baby. Yeah, um, this being the album that got me into Bon Iver, huh. I will never, I think this will always be my favorite, even though like, it's probably not a better end yeah. to end album than 22 A Million. I think my two favorite, like the songs that I think are my, I think are his best, in my opinion, are Stax and I Am I. I Am I is so good. I Am I is like- It's this so record. good. Yeah, it, it's a song that like, you know, in that last episode I quoted something that was great music is something that sneaks up on you and changes you. And this song does this so well. Like it's this transcendental, beautiful, and it takes what the previous album, like I love it as a combination of all the albums where it's this kind of woodiness of the first one, this ex- lots of different instruments and stuff of the second, and then this kind of broken voice of the third and combines it and it makes music out of fragments and like unit. And out of cardboard. Out of cardboard. fucking cardboard. The reaction I have when I think about, when I listen to it is I'm like, how do you write this song? Because so many of the songs are like fragments, bits of voice, and other sounds that come together. At times, I'm like, did he write a very boring guitar version of this song that he took ever, that he like overlaid 
bits of sound, but like with gaps in between them, but just enough to make it like a coherent song and then took out the guitar. Like a lot of these songs feel like it's like you're walk, you know, you have like a path and you, then you take that away and there's just like bits remaining that somehow form a coherent and beautiful whole. Yeah, I, I mean, clearly he did not write this on guitar before. No doing it and but, but like the thing is i can't imagine like the only way i know how to write songs is either like i come up with a vocal melody first or i find a chord progression that i like i mean i don't have access or knowledge about all of the sound production equipment that he does but like well for this one he said that well imi took about six months he said to me and i think it was just composed of hundreds and thousands on the album of fragments and that's yeah, what, that a bunch of producers were just passing back and forth. Yeah, or like Bonavere made and he and his friends made and they just like combined these fragments into the most beautiful song ever made. Or, oh, it's great. It's really cool. Um, I also love, um, I think my second favorite is Naeem. Naeem's great. I love And it. I also love um, You Man Like because that was the song that played me played me on to my subway journey the the day this came out. Um, Hey Ma is obviously very good. Holyfield's also super kind of a sleeper on this song. I love this one. Really? I think it's great. I love the comma at the end. Yeah. (laughs) Place name, but there's no like larger place. There's truly no, um, no other song that has that sort of detail on this. It is great. Um, I love Gelmore. Gelmore Gelmore is a perfect. That's the one where I'm like, how does this get made? It's all these like beautiful little bits of like synth fragment. Oh, it's good. And yeah, I think Justin must have just like heard some someone who had made that synth and just started like riffing over it, probably. Uh, It's just such a beautiful like like Bonavere's now collective. Like he's gone from the solipsism of II and like worked on that and is now this beautiful group of people creating like harmony out of fragments yeah this really is a collage of an album um the wordplay is amazing i love so gelmore mm-hmm. is you know from angel morning it's, yeah yeah um i am i of course i am i am i am yeah um, shit day <laughs> it's literally called the song called shit day based on the trump election <laughs> which rocks. Uh, and, and this has also shown like Bonner getting like more political and he's definitely being- Yeah, I was, I was just about to say, this is more, um, I think Naeem has a very cool, like, I, it's just like, it's more explicit about mm-hmm. what he believes. Um, and I think he's got like fairly good politics from what mm-hmm. I've heard from him. And um, it's cool to, I think it's like challenging when you're an artist who has dealt with like themes of, you know, like very personal interior feelings and emotions, and then like trying to write seriously about things going on in the world outside of you, but still maintaining your lyrical style, that's hard to do. And I think he did it well. Same with, you know, John Moore's a big kind of climate change-ish one. Same with Holyfields. Holyfields is more about like, just being pissed off at people who like act yeah. all high and mighty. 
he's always been like casually leftist, like very quietly, like Wisconsin, like leftist pro, but not very open, which I understand if you're like a white musician who I think it can be very hackneyed to get like political in your songwriting. It Like it's very easy to just do it wrong and it just comes off as bland, cliched. As, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or like a white dude talking about race yeah, is, yeah. you know, like can go sour very quickly. And I don't think he like gets super explicit with it here, but I think Naeem at least makes references to like racism or just like the fact that something like reparative needs to be done yeah and i think like that that's a that's a tough subject to write about and like not sound like an asshole as a white dude and i don't know like it's a good song Mm -hmm. my favorite bit of promotional material for this album is when i think he was asked about it or like released some statement and the album theme was keep it restaurant or that was part of the album where like one of the lyrics is keep it rational oh yeah yeah, yeah. it could sound like restaurant but he just said keep it restaurant i bet you like <laughs> in, the, in the like course of recording especially these songs which were probably passed between so many people and like reproduced and well, like little just like the same group of people but they like brought in new collaborators to play yeah but i mean like just like imagine producing yeah. the song and like having to go back over these little vocal snippets over and over and over again. And you know how when you say a word again and it just loses its meaning after a certain point and starts to sound like a different word? Your restaurant. Yeah, exactly. And I think like, imagine all of the jokes or mishearings that have been passed around this yeah. like, crew of people who have produced this music. That's so good. Oh. What do you think of the opening? I love Yi. Um, I, like this album could have started with IMI and still been fantastic. Um, but I love that it's like, it sets the tone of like, this is a cast of people here, like an echoey room and people just like casually talking and joking about making a song that is about to play. And it sets my expectations for like what to hear in a way that I'm still blown away, where I think if I came into the album with IMI, I'd just be like, what? And this helps me process it a little better when I listen to the whole album, because you know what sounds you're about to hear, but then it still like shocks you how beautiful it is. And I love, oh God, IMI is just such a perfect like first song, because it's all, <laughs> like the lyrics are so good. Oh God. Yeah, truly yeah. unbelievable song. It really is. My album is pretty great. I really love this album. Yeah, it's 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 really <laughs> a, a, an amazing album. Like there is no song I think that's like bad. There's no, yeah. Yeah, the the one that I think is just like a little boring is Salem. Oh, I love Salem actually. I didn't think you were gonna say that. I think Salem's really like catchy, fun, and then it has this shift, like a chord change, key change two-thirds way through that really hits for me that really re-listen to it i think like it just seemed a little static to me huh. marion i'm always like huh but yeah the ones honestly i like the least are the two the singles that are hey man you man like because they're very they feel much more direct than they are the album 
which is somewhat less interesting to me. And there, I love, I love, you know, I love being cryptic and I love having a lot of interesting things that coalesce into something that's greater than a whole rather than these like couple lyrics that they feel more conventional than the rest of the songs in the album to me. Yeah, I just think You Man Like is such a beautiful piano song. And they're still amazing. <laughs> yeah. And Hey Mott was another one I listened to in Norway and had uh, that experience with. Mama. What is his mother like, do you think? Oh, Justin, you got, you got some new music coming out. But she makes a mean hot dish. Oh, he does. He's a little Wisconsin boy. Yeah, he is. Such a little Wisconsin boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, All right, cool. So should we go to our, to our next segment now? You like Please Don't Live in Fear? I love Please Don't Live in Fear. Yeah. I didn't initially love it, and it's really grown on me. It's nice. Yeah, I think the lyrics are, like, not what, you know, I'm looking for in a Bon Iver song, but, like... You've written in a day in a pandemic to raise money for a good cause. Yeah, I, just, I love the horns on it. I love the the kind of, like... Um, rhythm of it. It's good. I love his work with Bruce, no pun intended, but also there's a pun there. Hornsby. So ah. good. He does these horns that are incredible. He's just great. I love Bruce Hornsby. And his most recent album has some songs that Bonifair worked on that are great. Mm. Um, yeah. Anyway, I did actually come with some lyrics too, but yeah. Okay, great. So, um, hearkening back to the, um, what pod was that? Was that the Hanukkah pod? Wait, the one, which one, where I did... Where you did the real or fake movie yeah. titles? the Chanaka. Right. Um, so, Bonavera lyrics, as we've said, are easily misheard. Um, when you read them on the page, it's almost weird to see them. Um, and it's easy to uh, get misled by them. Yeah. Um, so, we're going to do a segment called Real or Fake Bonavera Lyrics. Um, where we're going to take turns uh, saying lyrics that may or may not be from a Bon Iver song, and then the other person will guess, and you, the listeners at home, can guess uh, if it's real or fake. Yeah. Um, so all of mine are like either lyrics from Bon Iver, or I chose two other bands that I took lyrics from that I don't think you're super familiar with. So, okay. uh, yeah, that's what I did. So I I took real lyrics and i also just made up lyrics yeah awesome. um, so we'll see if they're actually as good as fool's gold yeah um before we do this do you want to take a quick ad break or do what you want yeah i'll i'll um i'll do an ad have you ever gotten tipsy <laughs> i have um and i'll tell you what one thing that I love to do when I get tipsy is to drink water. Because the thing about getting tipsy is that you're probably going to come down from it. Uh, it won't put you to sleep necessarily. Um, and you have two options that if you're tipsy. You either keep drinking so that you're just like really drunk and it kind of uh, – brings you off into like a forced sleep where you sleep off your drunkenness or you come down from it, you get a headache, your muscles ache, you feel like shit. Uh, if that happens in the afternoon or evening, that sucks. So here's the solution, drink water. 
drink lots of water. Stop drinking alcohol, drink lots of water. Um, you can stay up later, your headache will be gone, and uh, you'll feel great. I have a question. Isn't there limited water on the earth and don't fish need the water? So I'm drinking it, I'm taking away from the fish? True, so in that case, you should just do the first option I mentioned, which is keep drinking until you fall asleep. back Hello. so um do you want me to go first sure all right the lyric is <laughs> sorry i'm being i'm being uh i'm just trying to choose one um i have all mine in a weird list but i'll just read okay where there's his thrift store manager in a poke camadee well, there's a thrift store manager and a poke Kennedy and a gas mask on him. All right, all right. Was, That's from Gilmore. <laughs> yeah, see, this is what I was worried about, that I couldn't get anything past you. Ah, you probably will. I, I don't... Okay. Yeah, when you mentioned that you were really into Gilmore, I was like, oh, shit, I'm screwed <laughs> with that one. Um, I thought that that song had vague enough lyrics that you wouldn't have caught them. Yeah. All right, lay it on me. I have all mine on the list. I'm not going to bother picking them. Um, thought of you as my mountaintop. Thought of you as my peak. Oh, that's real. Yeah? You think oh, so? but is it a Bon Iver song? Uh, wait. What is that from? No, that's not a Bon Iver song. That is from Pale Blue Eyes by the Velvet Underground. Right, of course, I knew that. No, I know that song. I have a lot of Velvet Underground, so you can <laughs> end another band. <laughs> All right, do you want to go? Yeah. Um... <clears throat> I'm the carnival of peace. I'll probably start a fleet with no apologies. I'm the carnival of peace. No, but that's the last bit sounds from like Bon Iver, but I don't know about anything about carnivals. Maybe I'm gonna go with no, it's not a Bon Iver lyric. It is a Bon Iver lyric, but it's not one that you might have listened to as often. It's from the song Babies off of Blood Bank. Oh, yeah, okay, I, Babies, it's okay, yeah. I've really gotten into that song, yeah. especially because in at the beginning when it's like all that like racket and then it's like. <laughs> So, summer, I'll multiply. Once it's, once it's really summery, I'm definitely going to listen to that song a lot. And maybe I'll even multiply. Okay, I have Danger Has Been Stole Away. Oh, you're just giving me a line like that? That's hard. Danger Has Been Stole Away. I'm going to say fake. That is from Bon Iver. Oh, which song? Uh, uh, let me remember. It's from Beth Rest. <laughs> ah, see? Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of song I have not paid attention to the lyrics. Yeah. It's, it's weird ones. All right. All right. Beat down gas on the upper shore and crafted Tempest's proper form. Ooh. <laughs> uh, 
that is real? It's fake. Oh, it's fake. I, I made that up. Oh, it's good. Wow. That's... <laughs> All right, I have... I run faster, 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 faster. Hmm. No, I think I would remember that if it were in a Bonavera song. I'm going to say fake. Faster, faster, faster. What's it from? It's from the talking heads. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, yeah, that, that is not Justin Vernon's style. I don't know. Faster, faster, faster. I can imagine like a... I don't know. Faster. You know, like it echoing. Yeah. 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 I guess that's true. All right. Commanding all the manor off, matches on the catchless fall, and the damnedest creature leading the crawl. Wait, can you say that again? Commanding all the manor off, matches on the catchless fall. Is that? No. Oh, we just mastodons. And the damnedest creature leading the crawl. The damned. Well, what was the first line again? Commanding all the manor off. Commanding all. That one sounds real, but I don't know about the rest. I knew it was fake. It is fake, but you were right on with the, the with the uh, what I was mimicking. That that one, I, that I young did. mastodons, aren't we all just young mastodons or something like that? Yeah, I was. I, I riffed that off of standing on the mattress. Law, law, can we just patch this up? Um, that is from Naeem. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um. Uh, that's a good one. I was never sure how much of you I could let in. Am I free now? Mm. Sounds too direct. I'm going to say fake. That is real. Do you know what that is from? What? It is from Heavenly Father. The song Bonifaire wrote for Wish I Was Here, the Zach Braff directorial sophomore. Oh, that's cheating. That's not an <laughs> official Bonifaire release. Uh, kind of. <laughs> I don't know if it is. <laughs> All right, fine. Yeah, Zach Braff. <laughs> Score one for Cole. Okay. Wow. Um, excuse me. Don't wrap around the glass in the past we made. Afraid of boiling frozen maize, you recreate and take it. Monetarized. Oh, that's real. That's fake. Wait, it's real? It's fake? But isn't monetarized? Um, no, I, I definitely stole uh, that word and yeah. turned it into a different word. But wow. I, this is a collage of different things I've heard in songs. Okay, okay. I'm pretty good at making these fake lyrics, Cole. 
Well, I, well that's because I recognize part of them is real, and I'm like, oh, that's real. Mm-hmm. It's like you take the real, and then you add a fake. But so monetized just, is not a real, that's not a word that appears in a Bon Iver song. Huh? No. It just sounds like yeah. caramelize or whatever he says. Yeah. Um, okay. Situations arise because of the weather. Oh my God. Oh my God. If this is real, I'll be pissed. Um, no, I'm going to go with my gut. That's fake. Yeah, oh, that is fake. He has yeah. a lot of direct lyrics. I just didn't pick them. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a Velvet Underground. Okay. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> what I got is seeing you trying or take it down the old lanes around fuckified. Fuckified. Say that again. What I got is seen you trying or take it down the old lanes around. Fuckified. Pretty sure fuckified is from that. I don't know. It could be a Michaelism, but why not entertain you? It's real. It is real. It's from 10 Death Breast. Yeah. Fuckified is the big giveaway. That is definitely a word Justin Vernon made up. Yep. Okay. All there is really to say, we are at the beginning again. That sounds like a Bonavere lyric. That is a Bonavere lyric. Which song? One of them. Oh, please tell me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I write it down. It's when please don't live in fear. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking of drawing from that song. Yeah. I wanted to be more deep cuts. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have time to make up lyrics. I just looked up three other like songs. Yeah. <laughs> I took lyrics from them. Okay. Here's one. So did he foil his own? Is he ready to reform? Uh, I'm just going to say fake. That's real. It's from Creature Fear. Wow. Creature Fear. Creature Fear. Um. Uh, I don't know. What have I not done? These are such good lyrics. Ones Film it is historical. Hmm. Film it is historical. What? Film it is historical. That's the lyric? Yeah. Film it is historical. Um, let's say real. Yeah. Lump sum. Yeah. I, yeah. I knew deep down. I've listened to lump sum many times. 
Um, some. Film that is historical. Oh, the, uh, uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, I have quite a few more, but. Do it. Just throw them at me. All right. All right. I'm just going to go rapid fire here. I'm like me. Yeah, all right. Do a quick thing. Here we go. Won't repeat it. Cole and coffers that for the soffit, hang this homeward, pry it open with your love. Yeah, real. <laughs> that is from Bethrest. Yeah. Yep. All right. Semperfy your prophet and close the reticent. Slide right up the softer beat. Semperfy your prophet. No. I feel it. Semperfy your prophet. That, that I think. I think it's real. I can go with real. That's fake. What's isn't Semperfy your prophet something real? Um, I definitely based it off of sounds I've heard, but it's not yeah. real. Huh. I'm pretty sure that first bit is real. I don't know about the rest, or something like that is real. Oh, it's good. All right. Um. Loading down, you're roving now, and fed up with the 40 broke, fossilized mine. Say that again? Roving. Loading down, you're roving now, and fed up with the 40 broke, fossilized mine. And you go with real. That's fake. I'm just saying all of these are real. (laughs) (laughs) I want to give you the... I'm good at this. Okay. Well, I'm just giving <laughs> But them the main clause sorry. But them the main closest. Hark, it gives meaning mine. I cannot really post this. I feel the signs. I feel the signs. I worry about me. Yeah, you got it. See, this is the kind of thing, like, I don't know which songs are really Im- imprinted mm-hmm. onto your brain. Like, I chose lyrics from songs that are not imprinted onto my brain. Interesting. Where the days have no numbers. And it's hard, me, it's hard, it'll harm me, I let it in. Oh, great. Okay, um, I think this is the last one. Yeah. Rested in a friend and half a game, Sun scarfed down the tired eyes on pretense inches half a frame and pleasers holding terrified. Some of those sound real. Like some of them I know are like similar to real lyrics. I'm just going to say fake for this one. Yeah, that one's fake. Yeah. (laughs) It was good though. Gotta say, Cole, I'm pretty proud of my work. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. I think I'm going to turn all those lyrics I wrote into real songs. Wow, you should do it. Although some of them are just plagiarized <laughs> pastiche, so you might want to look into yeah. them. <laughs> You'd be a good cover band. Yeah. All right, do you have anything more to say about Bonnie Pair? Has it been a good winter? Will it be a good winter? Did you know that he takes off the H because he doesn't want it to look too much like Bon Lever? <laughs> he did a great job with that. Um, he had mono and it racked, it had a lot of liver problems, apparently. So yeah. he does not have a good liver, lest anyone... No, that's why, yeah. No one speaks. Um, I don't think we're going to have a good winter. I think we're going to be... 
caught in second wave we'll be the ones um, this coronavirus and we're not going to be uh, allowed to go to establishments and we're not going to want to go outside either because it'll be cold and miserable. Yeah, baby. So I just hope at that point I like am sheltered in with some good friends. Yeah. Yeah. I just hope I'm warm, you know? Yeah. What the heck's going to happen? What the heck? I don't know. Oh, well. Well, I'm hoping because I'll be living alone, which would be nice, but also it would be nice to see people probably find somewhere to, uh, join with but not live with that would be the dream do you have a um neighborhood in mind i mean probably west philly because that's where everyone is and it's also cheaper um like you get than like a lot of other neighborhoods so in south at least yeah so i was looking at some i am like pretty set on some places i just need to figure out when i want to move and yeah tj and gabe really want to move into this place in queen village Oh, nice. And it's a nice place, but my biggest knock on it is that, one, it's not in West Philly. Two, it has no porch or outdoor space. And three, it doesn't have an oven. Wait, what? Yeah, just a stovetop. Don't, don't. What? Yeah, no, I can't. I can't do it. What? I'm That's very. the biggest thing. Like, the oven, I can't. I, I also will, like, the immediate, like, what's it called? The kill? I don't know. But something the, the immediate turnoff that's the word is when oven doesn't have a window what are you hiding in there huh? <laughs> what are you hiding what uh, are you a dishwasher unless the place is exceptional other than the oven i don't trust an oven without a window mm. better have a window i want to see what's happening there it also probably means it's a shitty oven and that they've cut corners elsewhere yeah yeah my my oven does not have a window here and oh what is the hiding um, you know what it is hiding? It runs uh, 50 degrees cooler than you set it to. That's what it's hiding. If you had a window, you could see the temperature. That's true. I could. You know. Damn. Queen Village is cool, though. It's a really nice neighborhood. Really yeah, apparently Nikki Rhodes lives there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like Queen Village a lot. Definitely lived there if more of my friends were there. And now I'm, like, slightly more, I don't know. That really sounds cool, but yeah, the Queen's Village. All right, are we signing off? All right, uh, unless you want to open it up, I think we should stop recording. Yes, um, let me play us out though. Yeah, what are we doing?